0: Hey everyone, it's Amy. I'm the one who edits and publishes these episodes. Um, And before I post today's episode, I just wanted to jump in and say a couple of things first. Uh, So, we recorded this episode about a month ago uh, in the middle of May. We were just about to go up and help Vince's mom move out of her house in Napa. Uh, It was before the murder of George Floyd, although racism and police brutality certainly existed before May 25th, 2020. Um, So, anyway, The most recent episode we posted, we recorded it sort of overnight to make sure we addressed the situation and the world, and we kept this older episode in our back pocket. I'm posting it today, um, and it's still relevant because water management is always an important issue, but I did want to say too that it doesn't mean we've forgotten about racism It's going to be tempting for white people, even for well-meaning allies like us, to collectively refocus on coronavirus and the environment and all the other shit we have on our plates in the coming weeks and months. But we can't forget that for our black brothers and sisters, especially our black LGBT brothers and sisters and non-binary friends, this isn't going to magically go away just because white people stop talking about it. So let's not stop talking about it. Let's keep marching and donating and pressuring our elected officials. I sent an email to the mayor and city council of Glendale last week, and it took like five minutes. Uh, Okay, thanks for listening, and on to the episode. Welcome to the Greatest For Squares.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Greatest For Squares. <laughs> is
0: there not going here? That's what you did to me last time. There is now. 3 times ago, time has no meaning. Um, hi everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um I am Amy.
1: I'm Vince.
0: Um and this is the Greatest For Squares, which is a podcast where we smoke a bowl and talk about building a sustainable off-the-grid property in California.
1: Today we are joined, as always, by our dog Dickens, (laughs) a litany of saints and minor deities, (laughs) and the entire starting roster of the nineteen eighty-eight Philadelphia Eagles, who have um, graciously sworn a vow of silence for the episode. (laughs) They're all here, though. We really appreciate them being here. It's kind of hot in here. Yeah,
0: but they're here for moral support, and we appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Uh, We're also joined by Blue Dream.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're smoking Blue Dream today.
0: Such a classic. Mm
1: -hmm. This is from the vault, from that five, six-year-old weed we found at my mom's place.
0: I always associate it more with, like, Illinois and Wisconsin when we lived in the Midwest together. I remember it was hard to get a specific strain. You know, you couldn't go to the dispensary and Mm -hmm. choose a strain. Anyway, anyway. hi. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hi, friends.
1: Thanks for joining us. Um,
0: Today, we are talking, our main topic uh, is water. 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 Grey water, rainwater, drinking water, all
1: kinds of water. All water. Yeah, I've worked in water management, uh, well, grey water specifically, for pretty much the whole time we've lived in California.
0: Uh.
1: um For just one company, and yeah, I've learned a lot um, from that and just from living in California generally about water management.
0: Yeah. I have to flex for just a second because I... I so appreciate you working so hard, and I'm so proud of everything that you've learned and everything that you can do and everything that you've made possible, but do you remember how you got the job with Grywater? No, why didn't
1: you tell the good people?
0: (laughs) Well, I just remember when we first moved to LA, we were living in this, like, you know, tiny, uh... Studio One of those little courtyard
1: apartment. apartments uh-huh.
0: so like with eight. I mean, for a studio apartment, it wasn't terrible, but mm-hmm. it was a studio apartment in Glendale, um, and I was trying to break into television. And the way that you do that is basically by just like finding the people who have the exact job that you do want you and ask them out to coffee and ask them how they got to be where they are. Um, because it's a very non-traditional field, and you have to sort of worm your way into it. You can't just apply to an opening. Um, And so I asked you, what is it that you want to do if we're going to live in L.A. for a while? What kind of thing seems exciting and interesting to you?
1: I'm starting to remember this now, and at the time... Oh, you were
0: playing Koi? You really didn't remember? Well,
1: I didn't remember exactly (laughs) that the the origin was networking, because it is. It's all about networking. It's finding the person who does what you want to do. And at the time, what I was doing... Is I had a shitty pea trap under the sink in the apartment. And instead oh, yeah, of fixing I it, our very
0: first I, just, water.
1: I took it off and put it in a five-gallon bucket. Right. Like that's what I'd just do with my time. you know. When it <laughs> got filled up, I'd go outside and I'd dump it on my basil Your and plants, cilantro, yeah. my uh-huh. lettuce, or whatever I was trying to grow in this little right. courtyard.
0: So anyway, I was like, find a company that's doing a thing that you think is cool. And just reach out to them and see what happens.
1: So that's what I did. And that's what I you did. Like a link in a YouTube video.
0: Uh-huh. And then you reached out to your current boss mm-hmm. five years ago and was like, hey, could I just like shadow for a day or something? Isn't that yeah, what said? well, or what I said I... was
1: I have construction experience and I'm just bored. You know, at the time, I think we were both kind of broke and, you know, not... Uh,
0: kind of, yes. Kind of really We broke. moved across the country and neither of us had jobs.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we so, were going to get
0: married in like three months. Yeah.
1: It was <laughs> a bit of a ploy, a bit of a like, oh, I don't really need this job. I'm independently wealthy and I just really care <laughs> sure, yeah. because it is a really cool cause. And uh-huh. I did think it was really cool. And I was already doing gray water and had a little construction experience. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he said, well, yeah, come on in. um, Just follow along on a few jobs. And of course, you know, I got paid right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been there ever since. Yeah. And, yeah. And
0: on the one hand, I'm like, obviously, like I said, super proud of you for working so hard and for finding something that you care about. You know, all of those things. But also a little jealous because I did that process a million times. I took so many people out to coffee. I I applied to so many contests. I've done so much. And... I feel like I'm not any closer now. Well, that's not quite true. I, yeah, we're not going to get into it. But there's yeah, a, there's a thing with NBC. Maybe I was going to get to work on a show. Then coronavirus happened. Definitely not going to get to work on a show now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Before Point we is, get into <laughs> all that. Um. Anyway, just your your beginnings with Graywater. Maybe it makes me sort of like self absorbed or something, but it just always makes me feel a little bit proud that I had a tiny you role sure in your your eventual career path. We
1: can get but all first, into that later.
0: Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing today, babe?
1: Well, thanks for asking. I'm a little sad. Oh. It's okay to not be fine 100% of the time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes there's a really good reason. There are lots of good reasons to be sad in the modern oh, world. Yeah. But today, Open up the
0: news, then yeah, it's hard not to get sad. That's why
1: I don't open up the news. Yeah. But today I think it's chemical and I'll be okay. Yeah. I appreciate you asking. How are you doing?
0: Oh, God. Not super great. Um, so remember when we talked about poison oak in previous episodes and I was like, you know, I know we, so we have it all over the property and both Judy and I have been working hard at, you know, pulling it up.
1: Because I get it real bad. Eradicating
0: it. And every episode so far I've been like, and yeah, I just haven't had any reactions to it. I don't know if I'm immune or if I'm just being careful, but things are good. Um, Yeah, that changed. (laughs) Um,
1: Things are not good.
0: I'm not even 100% sure that that's what I have, but my arms and now my legs are covered in bumps that itch like... My entire body has been thrown into the pit of fire. It is mm. horrible. It feels like having the chicken pox again. It's just not not good. Remember the chicken pox, so kids these days don't get chicken pox right There's a va- like they developed a vaccine for that between yeah, when we were so, kids and now
1: that you don't have to like spit on each other go to a party where the one sick kid like spits on all the other kids
0: oh i forgot about chicken fox parties
1: um anyway (laughs) so we were
0: on the property two weekends ago two weeks ago today actually is when i was fucking with all that poison oak i'm glad i made as much progress as i did i really ripped up a lot i cleared out pretty much my whole path which is good because i'm not going within 10 feet of that shit ever again i want to burn everything I own I just want to burn it all and then dig a pit and then have oh. somebody else bury it for me I'm so itchy I'm so miserable oh. so yeah I've been getting through the day by trying to make a lot of masks for people a lot of my friends and family i hoping to donate some pretty soon too once I've gotten through all the orders I've gotten for friends, friends and family um, and just try not to think about how itchy my entire body is um, Vince has been working a lot
1: yeah, it's weird.
0: Maybe even more than before. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it go, it's gone in phases. It's gone in waves, you know, one way and the other throughout the years that you've worked there. But.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's always been highs and lows. And right now, you know, we're, we're at a high point. Um, my job is essential by technicality. Um, it is construction. Like, people got to live somewhere. And... You know, the longer this thing goes on, the longer I see that. No, it really is essential. You know, the water has to go somewhere. People got to live in homes. They got to.
0: Yeah. And as we get more into summer and, you know, summer in California, water is such a precious commodity. Yeah. Yeah, It's really scarce. I think it's legit. I think it's essential.
1: But I think um, the reason business has been so good is that people are spending so much time at home and in their gardens. And it's gotten everybody thinking a lot more about resiliency and resource independence. Yeah. And even though
0: you guys were thinking maybe people wouldn't want gray water because they are losing money and they won't have money for like frivolous expenses or vanity, you know, vanity, vanity projects, projects maybe people are realizing now that may, gray water is not right. vanity gray water is survival if you
1: have a choice between uh like investing in your your garden and the food you eat at home or like that master bathroom renovation right which is right. usually people's first choice with disposable or items.
0: going on a trip no one can go on a can trip right a trip. now so all that money can go into gray water instead
1: yeah from my very limited perspective as foreman you know i just play it week to week, Mm -hmm. you know, with every job that comes along. But it seems like people are really just motivated and spending more time at home and really seeing the value of water.
0: Has it seemed like, I know it's only been, you know, a couple months now, but has it seemed like your clients have... So, there's two kinds of clients, it seems like, right? Mm. Those super rich, hands off ones that either want it for the tax credit or to be able to say in an interview that they have a gray water system or to, you know, for the clout or whatever. And then the not as rich, but like really hippie and invested in the system and wanting to do the right environmental thing kind of.
1: Permaculture people, Uh yeah.
0: Have you noticed in the COVID times? that you've seen more of the people who really care about it? Or has it still been pretty much the same still breakdown? Still
1: about the same breakdown. It's cool. Does, if it anything... does it seem like you've had
0: many, like, asshole clients lately?
1: No, we haven't had assholes, and maybe that's... Maybe that's the difference, that we still have the high-end jobs, and, you know, I never want to say that, like, high-end is synonymous with asshole, but, like, the pressure is way higher, the expectations are higher, and, you know, whatever you're doing is just a very small part of the picture. Right. Like, when, you know, it's a, a permaculture client, like, they've been saving for years, they've been, like, designing their whole landscape around gray water for us to just click that piece in, and for a lot of, you know, high-end clients, this is just something their designer sold them on or they're like lukewarm on it. Right. Um, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is these days it seems even more like they're into it. Right. Going back to that same thing of they are dropping, you know, a significant yeah. amount so of money. Yeah, so rich or not rich, system. it does seem like everybody's been not really rich, into it. High-end like they're all into it for their own reasons, um, but I think a lot of people are are more into it for yeah. for, for resilience.
0: Cool. Um, um,
1: so what else is new? We've been working on a project together, your project.
0: Yeah. So I think I mentioned the last time I've been working on the sunshade because the last time we were up at the property a couple weeks ago, it was kind of hot. Um, and sitting around in the sun in direct sun is not good for me. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to come up with some kind of Shaded area i had I kept moving from like tree to tree to Following try to find the, the right you know shade and it was hard and it was annoying and the you know ground isn't even, so even when I found a good spot of shade, like not tipping over in the chair was a thing um so anyway, I decided to just make something that's what we do when we have a need when we see a lack, we just make something um so I designed something in my notebook I sketched a a something
1: took some measurements sketched it it looked real good, was good yeah i was
0: kind of having I, I didn't think about this but then when vince looked at my sketch he was like oh so it's sort of like a goalie oh no what's like the a word goalie net net no well the net is just the net part right the goalie box is that a thing
1: goal a goalie In soccer. box <laughs> the net the goalie net anyway. well, the basketball net isn't just the net it's the goal the, the hoop
0: the whole goal <laughs>
1: <laughs> soccer hoop
0: yeah the soccer hoop Um.
1: (laughs) thing you kick the thing to get the points
0: right but it's actually an interesting sort of topic that i'm sure is going to keep coming up as we move through this whole adventure process and like how do we work together collaboratively to design things who takes ownership does each individual project have one person who like takes ownership of it and the other person who's sort of like the Or are you pretty much the designer, and I come up with the big ideas, but you figure out how to make them real? Um,
1: yeah, I get that. It's It's got to be frustrating when you come up with something like a sketch, and then I come back at you immediately with, no, this has got to be this way and this way, and I kind of ended up redesigning your process but i sort of see it as like every material is different mm-hmm. um, yeah so
0: immediately we we're like oh we got to do it out of pvc right because that's the same but first i was light. thinking about yeah. making it out of wood mm-hmm. and then i was like wait why would i make it out of wood when i could just make it out of pvc
1: like we did with the sukkah
0: and the outhouse yeah it's right. our it's our thing of choice our material mm-hmm. of choice um Again, probably in part because you've been working in gray water for five years now. and so so. PVC is a material that you're yeah. really accustomed to working with. We also with. had a
1: neighbor when I was a kid who built a lot of uh, hoop <laughs> greenhouses with um, PVC. And that was an inspiration. And just, you know, with our little car, she's spacious on the inside. She can carry just as much as any other car. But, you know, we really... Um, prefer like light designs and wood does get really heavy. You can do anything yeah, with wood in its. Yeah. So really particularly strong because
0: wood. it's a sunshade, so I'm going to want to probably pivot it throughout the day so that it follows the sun. So at the very least I'm going to want to pivot it, at the very most I might want to bring it different places on the property and set it up on different vistas so I can yeah. appreciate those vistas. So, so you
1: needed it to be light.
0: Yeah. So I was totally down as soon as you said we should do it out of PVC. I was like, "Oh yeah, that totally makes mm-hmm. sense." But then it's like, well, I don't know what the PVC fittings are that exist. So the way that right, I would assume that there would be forty fives and nineties, but forty fives aren't really a thing apparently. Forty fives
1: are a thing, but not forty five T's. Right, right. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah. Um, So then he had to sort of swoop in and kind of design it for me, or at least redesign my take my sketch and turn it into how you would do that in Mm -hmm. PVC. And I mean, he made it better. Like it was good that he did that it probably wouldn't have been as good of a final product if I had just done it. But it does at a certain point make me sort of feel like I am not capable or competent enough to design to take full ownership of a project like you designed and built the sukkah mm-hmm. on your own.
1: Yeah. You didn't
0: really need my input. Like I, I and maybe
1: that's part of the problem that you weren't as involved yeah. in the so, cut list for the sukkah, and if you had yeah. that would have been your first project that's what i was saying where every material you need to like to be right. co-pilot for one right for one mission
0: yeah so for this one i he taught me how to cut PVC.
1: yeah he taught me how dictors. to paint
0: PVC. i mean it's not that hard you just paint it like any paint anything else but um so yeah i've been really involved in the construction part of it which hopefully will give me a better idea of you know what's possible and maybe i can take more ownership of it next time yeah. it's not that i don't want you to be part of it of course it's just like you have so many important things that you're doing and that mm-hmm. you're planning like whole constructions, whole like houses yeah. you know mm-hmm. things and you know entire irrigation systems and stuff yeah. like that i just don't i don't but A, I, need I don't want to trouble with those you. things
1: so i need to help you like get up to speed. I guess on so. Things.
0: I just I don't want to distract any focus or time away from the right. crucial things for my little vanity projects, like a yeah. sunshade.
1: But it's a really cool project, and I want you to talk a little bit more about what it what it is exactly. Like, so what goes over the top of the PVC?
0: Um, I bought a sheet, just a bed sheet, uh, in light blue color. But then we also have these lace curtains that have been hanging in Judy's house. Um, they're, I don't know, probably antiques of some probably. kind. Um, they got a little bit ripped when she was fostering a kitten for a little bit. Um, but I sort of sewed them shut. It's not perfect. But anyway, so I'm going to put the white cutout floral lace she- uh, curtain on top of the blue bed sheet and use that as sort of the covering for the, the sunshade, the thing that actually shades you from the sun.
1: Very cool. On
0: top of the goalie box, essentially. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll post some pictures on Instagram. But I am really excited with how it's turned out. Um, and I'm feeling more confident in designing future things out of PVC. So. Yeah,
1: since last weekend, you've just been running with it. And I haven't really done anything with it now. Yeah. I'm excited to see it come together. So you think it's going to like fold up pretty easy and you'll be able to carry it around and I set it up? I so. I think cool. so. Nice.
0: So yeah, that's been fun. That's going to be nice. Yeah, look forward to having that on the property when we go up next weekend. I mean, anything to distract me from the fact that my entire body is on fire. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's why we do projects, to distract us from the fires within. <laughs> or without. And without.
0: Um, so yeah, PVC takes us back to our actual topic of the day, which water. is water. It's
1: intended purpose. It's yeah. engineered purpose is yeah. to carry water. Yeah, I work for a gray water company here in L.A., um, it's pretty rad. It's really, it's not like any job I've had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the longest I've had any job, like coming up on six years, I think, or maybe that's how long we've been married or maybe it's both and I just get the two yeah, confused. It's both.
0: Uh, Yeah, we moved out to L.A., we got married, and mm -hmm. you started working with Greywater all about the same time, six years ago.
1: So, yeah, I had a lot of general construction and handyman experience from working in Chicago, but the plumbing and electrical, we usually, you know, brought in a, a skilled ranger for that. And so I never really had too much experience, but now I do both. My job is a combination of plumbing and landscaping. Most grids around the world... Combine liquid waste into successively larger pipes called the sewer. Um, <laughs> and then eventually. Wait, what? <laughs> they, uh, where your dookie go. Eventually, they skim off the solids at a facility and, you know, maybe they add. A, pinch of salt or something but then they just kind of dump it in a convenient waterway after they they separate out the solids and then i think they take the solids out to the desert and let them just like dry out out there
0: is this is that true yeah weird every
1: place is a little bit different in milwaukee they
0: wait where are the shit fields then
1: don't worry about it
0: (laughs) i'm clearly worrying about it where where are the shit fields
1: they're in the desert Where? Out in the desert. I've
0: never seen a shit field. Of course not. We've driven through the desert a lot of times. Why would you
1: just see like an open shit field? Have you ever seen the inside of a landfill driving around?
0: Not the inside, but there I've but I've been aware that they're been there. Aware. Well,
1: they're not just going to put a sign that says like <laughs> shit "LA Municipal shit. Shit, dry, shit Drying Yard." All right. Um, I'm
0: sorry to interrupt. Carry
1: well, no, on. I just I didn't want to get so into it because I'm not entirely confident in what I'm saying. But they deal with it different ways all over the world. Yeah. Usually, you're separating out the solid from the liquid waste. It's a very gross, environmentally devastating process, and we're really the only animal. No, that's not true. We're we're the smartest animal that shits in the water cycle <laughs> instead of shitting in the carbon cycle, and that's the whole problem with this. And you know the yeah, I think all marine
0: of... animals shit in the water cycle. Yeah,
1: yeah, they definitely do. They drink and they shit in there. It's really stupid. Um, that's why we moved on to land and kept shitting in the water. I guess um, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, there is a better way, you know, you still have to deal with those solids, which I recommend like a composting toilet or even septic systems are not so bad. Just keep it local. But really the bigger solution is to separate that waste earlier in the process. Keep the black water, the like toilets, kitchen sinks, dishwashers, you keep those on their own plumbing line, which, you know, you send to the, to the city sewer, um, But what we do is divert those streams earlier on. We build a separate drain waste vent system which discharges into the landscape instead of the sewer. So sometimes we're crawling under people's houses. You can also do your washing machine. That one you can almost do yourself. You don't need to pull a permit. You don't need to know too much about plumbing. Um, you can just use the pump in your washing machine as long as you're like flat downhill. And
0: using the right kind of detergent.
1: Yeah, that's always important with gray water. will get into that a little later. Do you um, guys ever
0: do bathtubs? Or do oh, you... of
1: course. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So the easiest one is the laundry, which is, you know, kind of people's... First foray into gray water because mm-hmm. it's a really good source, but the the big ticket at is at this the point L
0: to L. I know what L that means: L, laundry oh, to yeah. landscape.
1: Yeah, so I'm with a our water wife, <laughs> with our other systems, um, you know, we catch more fixtures. You catch bathtubs, you catch bathroom sinks occasionally. That's um, mm-hmm. you know sort of a gray area. <laughs> it's not a huge source of water, and it's where you typically do like your toothpaste and shaving, which isn't great for the landscape. Um, but we can talk more about that some other time. Um, so the other half of this though, is what you do with that water after you've separated it, Mm -hmm. which is why I say it's plumbing meets landscaping. Um, because then you, you know, combine all of those waste sources that's in quotes, um, and send it outside. Um, but you can't really just dump it, you know, on the dirt or on one tree, or on your veggie garden, uh, because it's a lot of water all at once. Um, So the best thing you can do is kind of um, subdivide it. Branch system? Branch drain is how you do it with just gravity. If you've got gravity on your side, you can use ABS.
0: I listen sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, and use some
1: like backwards fittings, which allow you to kind of split the water 50-50. Use a backwards double elbow. Um, And Mm. yeah, baby. (laughs) Um, or if you're uphill, um, and you can't do the gravity thing, uh, use an effluent pump, just like they use in sewage ejectors. Um, and then you use PVC and garden variety, that black HDPE half inch tubing. Um, it's not quite like freshwater irrigation. Um, because it's not on demand and there's no like timer that you have to program and there's no filter.
0: And you're not allowed to aerosolize it, right?
1: Correct. So that's the other reason you can't just dump it on the ground. It doesn't smell, but it's not great to have that exposed to the sun. And that's a lot of evaporation too with that much water. So what you really need to do is uh, discharge subsurface into a porous organic material like mulch, So there are no filters in the systems we design um, because they get clogged too easily. And the whole point is that you're giving those nutrients to your plants instead of sending them down the drain, you know, to the sewer or trapping them in a gross filter that you have to clean out every month. And the real heroes, as always, are the fungi and microbes, which then take the gray water. They are the filter, you know, they're. Um, breaking it down into uh, micronutrients that the plants can then absorb through the roots. Actually, the fungi are doing the work for the plants there, too. The The roots are pretty much just fungus fixing all the, the nutrients that the tree needs and all the water. Um, so we also do rainwater systems. That's another whole can of worms. But that's that ends up being a lot like fresh water on the irrigation end of things. They have filters. They don't clog as often. So and when people can, install
0: rainwater systems, yeah. they're mostly collecting the water that comes out of their, like, downspouts, like, from their gutters, from their house? Yeah.
1: You don't really want to mess with groundwater because it's just so much runoff and rocks and dirt and grit. The stuff that comes off your roof is pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Well, and filtration. it's so much
0: bigger. It's not like you could just have a big funnel because yeah. even that wouldn't be nearly big enough to collect as much water as you want right. the house is a lot of square footage. Um so what uh lessons would you say you've learned from working with gray water um that you're applying to what we want to do with the property? You have a lot of big water yeah. ideas.
1: Thanks. Yeah, that they tie together really well and I think it was part of my inspiration, you know, in getting the property is realizing through my job just how fragile our water infrastructure is both on the supply end um, we're dependent on snow melt we're dependent on turning a lake into a desert um you know 400 miles away it's pretty rad we're dependent on fucking up the Santa Monica Bay and Long Beach Harbor
0: here's a question if we can just dig a well on our property Uh why can't like the city of Los Angeles dig a well every block or something and use that to supply water to the neighborhood and not have to bring in water from snowpack?
1: Uh, well, Is it just not
0: enough water in the water table?
1: Correct. Okay. Um, it's been done. I think it continues to be done and monitored, but it's, you know, we're... Oh,
0: really? In Los Angeles? Historically,
1: I think there have been huh. wells.
0: I mean, I guess in the very beginning people must have had wells, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an option, but it ends up not recharging quick enough
0: yeah i just i'm not sure i've ever seen an urban well before
1: you know i don't know working in water management in la you think i'd know a little bit more about this but i honestly just don't know much huh. about wells here in la yeah. um So much of this is that we found a good way to get water as we moved from east to west across the country and good ways to use it. And everybody has their green lawn, but everywhere in the country is different. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's a lot that's messed up about the way LA gets its water. um, Right. It makes
0: sense for like Massachusetts to look like England. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense for California and Nevada to look like England. Everybody
1: to have, you know, these lush green lawns. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know about wells here in mm. LA, but I do know that one of the objectives of um, gray water and rainwater capture is also that you're you're keeping that water local instead of letting it you know go down the sewer or oh, rainwater sure, yeah. letting it run off into the street. Um, a lot of the credits that you get now from like the city of Santa Monica, I think LA is doing it now too, is that if you can catch all that water in a rain tank during these deluges when we get two or three inches at a time
0: water that goes in the storm drains doesn't stay local
1: right so a lot of it you know will stay on your yard but when your yard gets saturated Uh then yeah it runs off into the street it creates big problems so so much of the credits they don't care if you're using the water to water your plants they don't really care about that at all Uh all they want you to do is to catch the big event to offset it in this multiple thousand gallon tank and then wait for the ground to dry out a couple days. yeah. And then drain the tank through a hose just wherever, because that way you're recharging the water table. So that's a big objective here in LA. It takes hundreds to thousands of years for the water to percolate down, Mm -hmm. but I think historically we have drawn pretty heavily on it, and it's not feasible right now. Mm
0: -hmm. So much of the future is going to be mitigating extreme weather events. Right. Yeah. And so it's not that there won't be enough water. It's that there'll be too much water sometimes and not enough water other times. So figuring out how to spread out what we have. Yeah. Seems like a really important skill for the future.
1: And that's why I'm thinking, you know, potable water is extremely important. It's fundamental to life. But Realistically. To our life, anyway. Yeah. Well, to everybody's not life. What about to plants? Oh, okay. to not human, to, wild to human life. Yeah. Thank you for not being speciesist, as <laughs> of course I have not. been. Um, but everything needs water. Even yeah. plants need water, man. But, yeah, we, we need potable water. I'm not brave. that kind of plumber. They're very sophisticated systems. I'm working on it. I'm learning as much as I can long-term. I definitely want to supply my own drinking water. If it's not filtered, you know, with a well, which we're probably Yeah, gonna we're have gonna to have get. to get a well. But it's in the gonna meantime, be so
0: expensive. We did the yeah. research, it's like fifteen thousand dollars. With
1: the skills I have now and our priority being, you know, transforming the landscape mm-hmm. and capturing water, I'm focusing on non potable sources right yeah. now. Yeah the rain, and this year was very, very rainy, Mm -hmm. and it all fell between, like, February and March. So much that during the summer, we see our culverts, and they're bone dry, and the land around it just looks so dry, and Mm -hmm. you wonder, when are you ever going to need this culvert? And, you know, even with the first few rains, we saw, oh, it's never, like, a stream flowing through here. But with the last bout of rain, like, the ground was soaked, and those culverts were definitely in use right
0: well and i mean that's sort of what i'm talking about with the ex- like you have to plan for the extremes yeah because even though it might only happen once a year mm-hmm. if you haven't accommodated for it it will fuck your shit up <laughs>
1: yeah or you'll just miss the boat entirely and so my big thing sure. is just thinking right. how much water you know people will will drink like a gallon a person a day and we'll need maybe like 10 Isn't gallons it as much as the- that
0: well, I mean, is that what we should do or what we do? That's what
1: you do? should set aside at least for as a good paradigm for yeah. water management. Um, but we use so much more, you know, washing our hands and washing our bodies yeah. and dishes and stuff like that. And um, watering
0: plants. And watering
1: plants. Yeah. You know, gray water kind of combines two of those and you minimize, you know, you, you recycle the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, the majority of it is non potable and. Or non-potable, if you prefer, and doesn't just doesn't need to be filtered to a high degree. So right now, it's all about capture and storage. And you run the numbers of like a foot or two of rain falling on an acre, and all of that drains to one spot, and you've got a couple hundred thousand gallons. What's so damn? I'm just
0: thinking about us, like as like eighty-year-olds in the apocalypse, like tottering down, and one of us is like. On her deathbed, I'm like, will you bring me some water, dear? And the other one's like, of course, we have a little more potable water. And I'm like, no, get out. I hate you. We're divorced. Get out. All
1: right, You're just planning ahead. Oh boy, oh, good for you. <laughs> It's potable. Please. It's potable. It's po- can it be non-potable?
0: No. Why it's would it be different? It's
1: non-potable too. Okay. Yeah. <gasps>
0: why would it why be different? Why be
1: different? Yeah. So anyway, you figure, <laughs> oh God, on the outside edge, if we're really established, we got trees and shit. Let's say we use a thousand gallons of water a day. It's so much water. It's so much water. That's three hundred and sixty five thousand gallons a year.
0: Non potable water. Non potable. Right? Okay. And
1: that's what it starts with. That's the bulk of it, and that's what I want to think about. Because yeah. you're talking about something like uh I can't do the math right now, but fifty cubed, I think, is about that much water. Okay. That's too much water. A, a fifty lot. by fifty by fifty area.
0: Yeah, that's bigger than an Olympic swimming pool, probably.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I mean they're not fifty. <laughs> they're not feet deep. To be deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so for sure. Um, that's an acre foot of water, pretty much. That's
0: one-tenth of our property, one foot deep.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. so much. Yeah, yeah. So for now, we bring in our drinking water. Long term, we need a well to address that need or some better filtration.
0: I think we're going to need well to get a building permit anyway
1: that's true as well (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we still I think have some just jugs of water that we managed to collect over various tarps and wheelbarrows uh, during the rainy season but that's going to run out really soon and then it's going to be dry for a long time so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I really have to to capture as much as I can I also scored a water heater recently off the curb yep and it's really weird, but I'm kind of starting to design this whole non-potable um, water network. Um am so proud of you. Thanks. Um, you're welcome. Um, I'm going to use this water heater. You know, we're not going to be drinking it, obviously. Um, yeah. But, you know, for a camp shower, for washing dishes... We're also really ambitious and we're going to experiment with heated floors.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: so all of these things you don't need really clean water for. It'd be nice to get the grit and, you know, filtered a little bit just Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're using like a Particularly
0: for a shower.
1: Well, yeah, that's your consideration. I was thinking for a circulating <laughs> pump. You want to not, you know, clog any valves that are sure, traditionally that too. your temperature mixing valves. Probably aren't f- fully meant for uh, gritty water. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, for I guess your comfort as well.
0: Well, it just seems pointless to shower with dirty um, water.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just don't shower sure. at that point. So, Water heater, if you're if you're into this stuff, which is probably why you're listening to the show, it's a cool... It doesn't need to be connected to a pressurized water source necessarily. It's just like a big coffee thermos. Mm, um, mm-hmm. If you pull out the gas element underneath, you can even like throw some coals or something good and hot under there. Oh, yeah? Sure. Yeah, it's like a metal... It's a metal case inside a metal case and it like uses propane to, you know, check it out underneath because... <laughs> You know, you don't want to have like a raging fire in there, but that's what it is most of the time. It's burning natural gas on the bottom of this metal Uh can of water inside like an insulating layer and then another layer of metal. If you really want to, you can wrap uh, more insulation around that. Um, Or I'm kind of thinking I'm going to use that half inch black tubing again, Mm -hmm. wrap that around the water heater and install a circulating pump so it's the water heater itself is going to be catching sunlight and heating up the water as it circulates through Um, having it coiled up on rocks um, to collect heat and you know that's kind of the summer sunny option but then you can also you know I was talking about building the fire underneath the water heater you could also just run a pipe um, into some copper tubing and put that in your campfire and circulate water through that and that will kind of pump heat from your campfire into your water heater. It'll, of course, even in the winter, stay hot overnight because it's like 50 gallons of water. Hmm. Have yourself Insulated, nice, too. Yeah. yeah, insulated. So it's going to be fine hmm. for, you know, a couple days, um, especially in mild California.
0: And you talked about how there's like a mechanical device that can regulate the temperature. Yeah, I mentioned Because that better. feels pretty important to me. Like if you're, especially if you're running it around... Well, either the sun or a campfire, mm-hmm. um, the risk of scalding It's highly variable. Yeah, yeah, either it's going to be unpleasantly cold or unpleasantly mm-hmm. hot. Scalding. On, on right.
1: So, yeah, yeah. The, the valve is a temperature mixing valve, and it's cool because it doesn't need power. Yeah. It just uses, you know, the expansion and contraction of metal to mix um, your incoming hot water supply with cold water supplies.
0: It's cool.
1: Yeah, it's super cool. So no matter what the input hot and cold is, it's gonna mix it to whatever temperature you set the knob to. I think a lot and is of Is that
0: something that we can buy that will Oh yeah, like, how much are they? They're you, ubiquitous. You know?
1: Well, they're kinda pricey, um, you know, maybe fifty to a hundred, but oh, most that's not that much. Yeah, they're really cool devices. Yeah. So you get a couple of those for your heated floors, um, and they'll keep uh-huh. the the temperature regulated
0: you can just like choose the temperature.
1: Yeah, turn the little knob yeah. to the temperature you want.
0: Right. So yeah, as we as we go along and start actually putting some of these projects into fruition, we'll we'll give you updates, but I'm excited to see where your gray water skills and dreams will take us. Yeah,
1: me too. One love everybody.
0: One love take care everybody. of each other
1: from a distance.
0: Take care of each other from a distance. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.